Hey there, boyos, and, of course, miladies. I'm Titanium Mike, and I'm Heath Parker, and I play Titanium Mike in Southern Tom Foolery's Starfinder campaign against the Aeon Throne. After Emily's intro last week, which was both excellent and heartfelt, we decided we wanted to keep that trend going and have the players introduce episodes with topics they thought were interesting or relevant. Considering that I play the toughest goddamn Vesk anybody's ever seen, I wanted to talk about the Vescarium, and particularly the relationship that the Pact Worlds maintain with the Vescarium. What is the Vescarium, you may ask? It's a neighboring solar system dominated by the Vesk, a race of powerful lizard folk, almost wholly consumed with the notion of conquest. In fact, not long after the Gap, a period characterized by mass amnesia throughout the universe, and the disappearance of the planet Galarian, the Vesk invaded the Galarian system. This is a pretty pivotal piece of Starfinder lore because it was this Vesk invasion that prompted an alliance of several planets in the Galarian system to drive off the Vesk. Thus ensued what is referred to as the Silent War between the Galarian system and the Vescarium. Remember that alliance of planets that drove off the Vesk in the first place? Yeah, that became the basis for the Absalom Pact, which bound all worlds in the Galarian system under the same government, which is why the Galarian system is now commonly referred to as the Pact Worlds. Now, this silent war lasted for a couple hundred years. It was only the threat of an even more menacing foe to both systems, the Swarm, that the over two-century-long silent war ended. The Vescarium and the Pact Worlds agreed to a shaky alliance, overthrew the Swarm, and technically have been allies ever since. But I'd like to point out that the current year in the Starfinder setting is AG, or after Gap, 317. The Silent War ended in AG 291. It wasn't that long ago. So surely there's a lot of bad blood between these two systems who for so long were locked in struggle. The Vescarium was, for the majority of post-gapped history, an existential threat to all of the Pact Worlds, and as such, Vesk make a lot of Pact Worlders uh, uncomfortable. Imagine the reaction in immediate post-Cold War America if a Russian family moved into the neighborhood. Having a Vesk around is probably a little something like that. Also consider how a Vesk like Titanium Mike, with little to no connection to the Vescarium itself, might be vastly misunderstood. Now, I don't know how much our particular campaign will dig into that sort of thing, but I do think this kind of foundational lore can and should shape a campaign and the characters therein in some way or another. Aside from that, I just think the Vesk are badass and I really enjoy their lore and thought you, our faithful listener or hopefully listeners, might enjoy it as well. Well, that's enough nerd speak out of me. I'm really excited to present to you episode 4, Hobgar from the Madelon Crowd.
Well, we did it, y'all. We got through our first session of Starfinder uh, at the last week and got it all out there. How you guys feel? Woo! I'm good. <laughs> good. I'm glad glad that uh, we're actually doing this thing, man. Yes. Yeah. Same. Um, my body got is a- ready. Yeah, my body is ready. <laughs> How about your mind? That's I think what's important. Mind, body, and spirit. So, so my mind is so excited because the body of my character got to punch somebody's head off last week. <laughs> that did that happen. Accurate, yes. Um, yeah, we. It only took us three episodes for me to go ahead and have to backtrack and fix something from previous uh, episodes. The Aslanti soldier, when you heard them make that threat. It was in a language that you probably don't understand. It certainly wasn't in common. <clears throat> so we just well, gotta Well does Red anybody Con. does anybody speak Islanti? Uh, uh, check my sheet real quick. Uh, it doesn't I, seem likely. I mean, but it doesn't seem likely, but there's different builds that could have five or six. Did, yeah, did you guys, did any of you randomly pick Islanti when we were making the characters before you knew what this was? <laughs> well, my, no. my languages no. field right now is blank, so. <laughs> so you yes. know no languages. <laughs> I can't speak. I'm a mute. Yeah, I feel like you should because I'm guessing uh, you have intelligence as your highest modifier. No, it's versus in common. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So you got the uh, you got the idea that they were threatening you. You couldn't quite understand their, their tone. Was, was, was their yeah. tone, to say the least. Their, their tone was punctuated by the by the bullets that yeah. came after it. Um, yeah. So, a quick recap, Madam Niriko or Ziva to her friends uh, got a letter from. Sedona, an android that she knew from some time ago that all of you knew at some point in your lives. Uh, She got a letter saying that she needed Ziva's help and that she wanted her to collect a crew and it was a very specific crew chosen by Sedona to deliver some supplies to a colony on Nakondas, which is about a year old the colony is. Um, and she wanted you guys to go there with supplies, which you had on your ship. But it was all people that she chose because she found something, but she didn't want anybody to know what it was. And she wanted you to come and aid her. And she felt that she needed her ship back. And so she sent you to her pilot and mechanic, um, Oren and Falanu, respectively. Did I get that right, Josh? Fella, no. Fella, no. So, no, I didn't. Fella, no. <laughs> no. Fella, no, you did not. Uh, okay. Uh, fella, no, and Oren, who had been keeping up with her spacecraft for a year. Um, I think they were a little nonplussed that they didn't. she didn't reach out directly to them since they've been waiting for her to give them a flying mission for a year, as I said. Uh, but they were glad enough to get some work. Um, they agreed to join, and then she went to the Apollo Protection Agency, where she enlisted the help of Titanium Mike and his co-business manager, CFO, owner, CFO. CFO Come on, man. Are you right, but he's kind of man. co-founder of AP- APA to some degree. Any case, top dogs, both. And so... 
they also agreed to join as they all had ties to Sedona and all had like pleasant ties to her. They all respect respected her. So they get in a, a month later, they get in the Epoch Tracer, the starship uh, loaded down with supplies and the new crew. They spend some time in the drift getting to know each other and then they come out and are immediately set upon by two drones in the Nakondas space. They gave them a little bit of trouble, but eventually they were able to outmaneuver them and blast them out of the air, or at least one and then another one self-destructed. They surmised that this must be as Lanty Starcraft, and that puzzled them because there was no greater Starcraft around that could have unleashed these drones so they try to make contact with the colony they only get static back so they do a scan and see that a garrison has been set up in the middle of the colony with anti-spare starcraft weapons mounted to it so they're like okay well we're not going to land there and they went and landed a few miles away in a um secluded cops of trees they disembarked started their march and came across some soldiers who immediately opened fire which they returned and defeated right after that a man by the name of Jellic Folson arrived and gave them a little bit of rundown about what was going on and I think that's that's where we ended yeah so Real quick, Jellic did tell us that the um, like mothership left and just left the drones in orbit, right? Correct. So, other than those drones, I think I think we're pretty safe from from other empires, Starcraft, for the moment. Okay, at least reinforcements. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, they'd have to jump out of the drift, I yeah, suppose, out of orbit. Yeah. Um, okay. I just wanted it to double check that that was, in fact, the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is what he said, yes. But we but we do have patrolling uh, Empire soldiers who are out here sort of in the jungle or whatever. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, as, uh, as I remember uh, Adam mentioning last uh, episode, is that he, uh, Jellic, escaped... Uh, from what was it? How many? It was three, and then one was killed. So uh, like yeah. one one killed himself with the with a cyanide, cyanide. No, he's talking about the ones that Jellic ran from. Oh, oh, yes, he killed one and got away. Um, but there are still two left. Okay, gotcha. Well, I believe our last question was. Um, I can I can repeat it. Why did, yeah, why did he run towards? So, uh, Jellic, you heard gunshots and you came running towards them? Well, yes, I, I realize that seems foolish now, but, uh, I couldn't imagine that there were this many guards out here, and I, and I heard the sound of laser blasts, and, well, they don't use laser blasts, so I, I was hoping that it would be somebody that could help. I suppose that's fair. Jellic, question if I may. 
How many do you suppose are at Madeline's Landing? Oh, well, I, I can't say that I've seen them all in one group, but if I were to estimate, it would be probably somewhere between 25 and 30. Do you hmm. feel that these other two are still after you? Uh, well, I'm certain that they... Uh, if they found me, they would kill me, but I don't think they're directly on my trail. We must be on guard. I, I would agree. Uh, it's going to be difficult for you to get into Madeline's Landing, although I, I do think that I could sneak you in under the mist into the back of my ex-wife's shop. Your ex-wife? You sure about that, big guy? Well, I I would like to reconcile with her. I'm not sure how she'll take to me arriving with strangers, but I'm sure she'll tell you more, but she is kind of leading a bit of a resistance, so it were, and I I know that she could would appreciate the help, and perhaps she might even thank me. How long ago was Madeline's Landing occupied must have been two three weeks ago so can I ask uh, just doing my due diligence uh, I'm a big old fella does this hideness thing extend to me um, I, I know I know it makes it difficult being as big as I am well I, I, I'm looking around at the lot of you y'all seem mighty tall uh, but I, I think that it'll be alright we'll just go in uh, under the cover of night and use the mist to our advantage with the uh, Abretta's shop butts up right up to the forest so we'll be able to sneak into a little back panel without right. being seen I'm sure alright perfect yeah well, before we move any further, maybe we can uh, do something about these bodies in case your uh, pursuers come upon them. Yes, that's that's, that's quite quite the good idea. I'll, I'll help. And he kind of comes over and starts helping you try to I move just, them into the trees, you know. I, you just, can pick just, <laughs> I just pick one up. I, I pick two up, so you guys only have to deal well, with Well, they're in full armor. I, could, I think you could easily get one for sure. Just easily get one. I'll get that one for sure. Speaking okay. of oh. armor, um, Ziva kind of... Do you think maybe we should uh, hold on to one of these sets of armor in case we need to um, go undercover, perhaps? I mean, you, you all know I like a good the outfit one, change. The one the only holes in them? The only person that would be able to use this would have to be a human. <laughs> well, we do got one of those, yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah, he needs a shave, though. <laughs> we can make that work. And he, like, eyes his brand new survival knife and, like, flicks it on his pants. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you can certainly do that if you'd like. Keep one other. It's troop ceremonial plate as far as its stats are concerned, but it's definitely got the signature green shading of the Aslanti. 
Um, and also, when you get a closer look, you see a little badge attached to it. And uh, what you're looking at is a motion detection badge. Um, this hexagon-shaped adornment can be activated. Uh, this is loot, so somebody might want to take some back there. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying it was Everybody just start, a paid attention. To John, write it down. I'm already typing, dude. All right, so this hexagon-shaped adornment can be activated or deactivated as a move action. Okay. Um, the motion detection badge has four charges, which refresh daily, and an hour of activation uses one charge while active as long as you haven't moved for at least one round the badge emits a quick flash of red light whenever a small or larger corporeal creature approaches within 60 feet although creatures undetectable to normal vision such as invisible creatures don't trigger the flash this flash is sufficient to alert you but doesn't otherwise affect your vision or your actions Reduce this distance to 20 feet for each interposing closed door or substantial barrier, such as a wall at least when it's thick. You can attune to the badge to a creature by touching it with them, which takes a full action. You can attune the badge to up to 10 different creatures. When you are within 60 feet of one of these creatures, regardless of whether you have moved in the past round, the badge emits a yellow flash to let you know that an ally is near. Attempting to attune an 11th creature causes the badge to lose its attunement to the earliest attuned creature. Note that in certain environments, such as a crowded shopping center, the badge flashes so frequently as to be practically useless for detecting approaching threats. It's a level 3 item. It's worth 1,350 credits. It's a L bulk. And there's only one. So so look, that... That seems like the type of thing that is great for when we make camp, right? The detect where enemies are, are approaching. Jellic says, uh, well, "We're not far. We're not. Uh, we're not <laughs> so far that we can't make uh, Madeline's Landing by this evening." Come on, then let's march. Well, I mean, don't we need to turn this thing? Um. If uh, I mean, if it's uh, based on a flash, would that not give us away? It's a small. To... It's like a small okay. little light, like a little indicator light. Uh, okay, you know. gotcha. Is it attuned to the frequencies of other Aslanti soldiers? Uh, roll a computers. That's good. That's that's a good. That's a good check. Mind if I roll it too? Go ahead. Ooh. Ooh, natural two, but I got a twelve. <laughs> All right, trying to click the the, the link. Twenty. There you go. Twenty. Uh, yeah, you you start fiddling with it, and you kind of see figure out how it works pretty quickly, and you can see that it's attuned to. Um, it was attuned to the people in this squad, and mm-hmm. three more cadets. Oh yeah, we'll keep Let's that. See keep that round yeah so this should <laughs> blink yellow if right other aslanti allies or if, if you activate allies. it yeah yeah i mean but just only those three guys well it'll blink red at any motion right and it'll blink yellow at the at three others yeah i would recommend whoever takes point should wear this 
Well, Alron, you want to like rock, paper, scissors, or you can have it. Uh, all right, and I like. Is it? What's it? What is it? Like, what's it look like? It's like a little badge. It's like a little green badge. Is it, it's like magnetic or something. Um, it has like a little clip on it that you know can attach to any. Yeah, you it's know. a little sheriff's badge. I'll yeah. just I'll yeah. attach it somewhere. I mean, I'm just in like big old armor, so. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's built to go onto armor, so it has Perfect. like a little like carabiner clip, like small tight carabiner clip yeah, that can cool. universally clip onto any of the fastenings of of most armors. You know. Yeah, cool. So I slap it on. Uh, do I need to like? just keep checking with you or are you going to let me know in that light? So all you got to do is I assume you're going to activate it for uh, this for sure, for sure. sure. All right. Yeah. So you don't have to keep checking with me, but um, I'll let you know if, if anything goes off. Um, we keep moving then. Yeah, for sure. Who's going to lead me and Aaron. I can't ever remember his name. Jellic. 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 I don't know why I can't. That's such a weird Jelly. name. Give him a Jelly. name. Call him Jell. Jell, yeah. Jelly. Hey, Jelly. <laughs> Take us to uh, your old lady. So, yeah, you keep moving. And right about here, like right before you get to this spot, your motion badge blinks red. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Hey, I got something. It's not yellow, though. Um, I crouch. I, I crouch on the path and sort of like. I, I crouch as roll, well. Like roll for stealth. Can I do that? Okay. Is that sure. a, yeah, I see what you're doing and I try that also. Mm-hmm. This is. So, I'll tell you right now, this is not going to work. Kind of blend with the cover around. <laughs> My 19, though, that's, that's not bad. All right. So everybody that rolls above <laughs> a 15. Nope can um, take a spot in the bushes no no further past Jellet. What about exactly 15? Yeah, that's 15 is good. I made it! Oh, yeah. I'm so excited! So this is, Glad this I'm in the back. Secret lizard man. It's going to be kind of weird for everybody, but uh, Fell is just, he's wearing a jacket and like some of those pants that have the zip off at the knee. Oh, of course. Sure. Oh, man. Of course you are. And so he's like, hey, uh, you guys mind? Look, this is going to be really weird for all of you, but but see, here's this thing I can do. And I'm not even going to bother explaining it, but just just trust me, okay? Hey, uh, Mike, Zeva, one, one of you guys, you mind holding these for me? As he like takes off his jacket, unzips the things on just his Just throw it to me. And, and at that, everybody roll initiative. God damn it. You oh, ruined no. it. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Well, <laughs> where where are we noticed we were all stealthed. Well, oh, he, he was talking. Sat there and nah. talked in the middle of the I goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is a poor GM. I definitely no. That's a what? good GM. No, no fuck you. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> Even Ziva's in the back. Like this is not the time for a costume change. <laughs> but do you th- you throw it to me and I catch it? Is that? Yeah, you, you've got my jacket. Like, or I the mean, jacket's so, just that's on the your, That's matter. your armor, right? No, so I've got second skin armor. It looks, it's like transparent. It looks like skin. No, that is not. That's not how, that's not, not how it works. It's, it's like a, covering it's like a body skin. Ah, okay, never mind. That whole it's thing couldn't have worked then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's like unbutting his shirt. Like, 
all right, I'm going to do this thing. And then three little goblins. Small. They're not really goblins. They're like small little furry creatures, like kind of monkey creatures Ewoks. almost. Yeah, e- definitely Ewok in face, but they got like long arms like monkeys. And they got the shock of blue hair around their face and kind of sp- spiking down their back. Um, this is what they look like. Oh, there we go. Oh, wow. Oh, they're like blue hair. Oh, that's funny. I clicked Ooh. off of it on accident. Can you make it cool again? I sure can. <laughs> oh, he's almost cute. But they're, they're not cute. They're like creepy-armed, fucking long-armed monkeys with evil faces and blue hair. Ugh. All right. Uh, Let's shoot him. Uh, okay, shoot him. I don't, I, don't, I don't know about <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Be, be, be mindful that uh, shooting might bring others nearby. What a, I mean, this is like indigenous life, right? <laughs> you want to knife them, dude? Come on. Uh, you're just... the flip wizard, not me. <laughs> <laughs> a... So, these three little things kind of emerge out of the trees and they just look at you and they're kind of like crackling with a little bit of electric Mm. energy (laughs) and one of them just goes like just like super saiyan and this electric ray comes out and just knocks Jelly straight unconscious what (laughs) just hits him and he just falls to the ground Unconscious. Good lord. Oh, and they're all like, crap. <laughs> um, right, let's go ahead and get that internal order adjusted. Yeah, there's so two, Mike, you two got. Davis, by the way. You got the jump, my man. I, 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 I don't see them. They're in the trees, you said? Um, so, Mike, you're up. What you got? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I can make it to them, but I'm going to. Run as far as I can. Um, or is that... I can get close. I can get close enough to shoot. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to run right here at the edge of the woods and fire my re- light reaction cannon as a twerk. Okay. And, which, and so there's three of them. There's Hobgar 1... Two and three. So, so I moved to the south, uh, which is one edge of the woods. So that's three. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to shoot at uh, Blue Monkey Man three in the south stretch of woods. Uh, okay. Let me get your shot. All uh, right. We're looking I, at a 16 to hit, and that's going to be a hit for nine piercing. And so, yeah, Mike just walks up levels his reactor cannon and I mean it just explodes this creature into a bunch of electric little pieces blue pieces just flying oh I got the I got the kill right out the gate yeah woo (laughs) (laughs) alright I took this one down (laughs) (laughs) Uh, alright Zeno you're up Zeno is going to move now. Uh, curious, curious. The 
area right in front of Jellic. Is that a rock on a piece of landing? Yes. It's like can it provide cover? Protects- yes. Okay, so I'd like to go ahead and move uh, behind the rock. Okay, and you step uh, over Jalik's unconscious yeah. body. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so I'm crouched, and I can still perform an action. I'm going to fire my azimuth laser rifle at the one in the northeast, right around the center. Okay. That's the furthest one away. So, what's you got? No, 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 no. Not, not the, uh, not the, the one in the center, the north center. The north, the right direct here. north. Okay. Yeah. So, so the way it's laid out is you're on this wide path. That's what. That's about maybe like 40, 40, 40 feet. To about forty yeah, feet. 40, yeah. Forty feet wide, and you have three of these creatures in various points. You have one of the south that might just obliterated. There's one to the north, and then there's one a good. 50 feet away from the party. So you're going to the north one, which is creature one, blue guy one, and you're shooting with your azimuth laser pistol, rifle. Rifle, yep. Yes. All right. And 11. 11 is going to hit. Yes. Excellent. Okay. So I do, uh, deliver five. I mean, three fire damage. And he's going to crouch immediately again behind the rock after firing. Okay. And that's all I can do in my turn. All right. Next up, we have Aaron. Okay. So I, uh, I'm i taking cover uh, sort of in the north side behind a tree. And okay. I'm going to lean out and just take a shot at the uh, closest... Uh, blue, blue-haired monkey that I see, and give him some of that old firepower. Okay. Uh, I'll full attack. Full attack. So full can, attack. Did you move? No. Okay. I mean, I'm staying in place. I just peeked out of cover. But... Yeah, that's fine. As long as you didn't move. Uh, so your first attack is going to hit, but your second one is going to miss. And this, you're going at this one right here. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to hit. and that was the good damage. That, that's but one, that's, right? that's enough to kill. Yeah, we, we kill one. As, uh, you know, Zeno gets a blast in, and it kind of spins around just in time to catch the bullet from your your old school gun right in the grill, like right between the eyes, and like electricity kind of sparks out, and then a little smoke comes out, and it falls over dead. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, just get back into cover turn behind the tree you know what i'm saying clear my chamber all right you all of a sudden two hobgars appear behind ziva oh no uh, is, that, is that what these are called hobgars hobgars uh, yeah hobgars. technically you should roll knowledge checks i just keep yeah. forgetting that but uh <laughs> yeah so that's what they so these these tiny little things and they and so the one that you saw starts running towards you just towards the party and it's going to double move and get to Zeno these other two are going to close in on Ziva and get a couple one's going to blast you with an electricity ray and the other one's going to try to bite you so the first so this is Hobgar 4 comes up right behind Ziva this lightning Electricity comes blasting out of his eyes, 
Uh, and it's going to do a full attack with mm-hmm. that. So it's going to do it tr- twice. And you're going to be caught flat-footed here. Which is just a minus two to your yeah. AC. Yeah, it hits. Uh, well, I'm assuming. Uh, wait, no. Uh, is that EAC? So it's a minus two to your EAC. It doesn't matter. It hits, yeah. So 15 hits you for two electricity damage. The second one's going to miss, though, as you kind of dodge out of the way. But then this other one tries to bite you with a full attack. Yeah, we're going to miss on both those, I believe. I mean, your KAC is not... Minus two is... Uh, Let's see. Yeah, that's going to miss. That's going to miss. Okay. Not too bad. Overall, you take two damage as these things kind of lurch, leap out at you, and they're just kind of scrambling all over you. It's like, no, I thought you guys were cute. <laughs> and, and you're up. What is your response to this? So she is going to try and just daze, I believe. Um, Doing a little daze? Yeah. Uh, all right. So we decide that 11 was the... Yes. All right, so it has to make a will save, right? Yes, correct. Okay. It's probably not very willful. I'm, I'm hoping not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Rolls a four. Nope. Huzzah. Okay, so yeah, for basically one round, it short circuits the mind of humanoid creature. Um, mm. uh, so it just like sits there just kind of it like stops for a second so which one did you daze i'm sorry this little guy right here to the south all right so so yeah the one that got you with the glaze you dodge out of the way kind of push the one that's trying to bite you away from you and then you just kind of flick your antenna your antenna okay yeah like they just and you just see him like as he was going to bite this one of the south as he was raring to bite you just kind of stop and <laughs> and as a move action, I am going to go ahead and use uh, get him again. Okay. Or, so yeah, that's that for the same one. No, no, no for the for the morale boost. Yeah, but you have to target a specific enemy. Yes, same one. Then, yep. That's the one what, you dazed. Okay. Yep. Got it. <laughs> that's five. That's, that's five. Gobbar five. That's four. Hobgar, Hobgar four. That's four, yeah. Okay. Uh, Hobgar's one and three are dead. Hobgar two, two is still in, in the game. Is and is up on Zeno. Mm-hmm. And then you have Hobgar four who did the electricity ray and is dazed. And Hobgar five on Ziva. Okay. Okay. Uh, Fell. So as a move action, Fell is going to. Uh, use his uh, exocortex to track the uh, use combat tracking on the dazed Hobgar. Okay. And <clears throat> there's no real visual representation for that for everybody. It's just like a, a thing that like his eyes, I mean, if you could see mouse-like eyes focus um, kind of like lock in on this creature and the exocortex is feeding him like triangulation and movement and stuff like that directly into his brain. <clears throat> And uh, raises his azimuth laser rifle and takes a shot. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Oh, 11? 11 to attack. And that's going to be enough to hit. Woo, for one whole, for fire, one damage. whole fire damage. Um, 
Okay, that's your turn. Yep. We go back to the turn order. Mike, I need you to roll a perception check. Okay. I can do that, although I have very little confidence in it. <laughs> Eleven. Perfect. Okay. What you don't notice is... <laughs> Please tell me. Is, <laughs> um, is two more Azlati soldiers come down the path. Oh, there they go. And so I was going to give you... Oh, if my thing beeped yellow. Yeah, so they're going to get a surprise attack um, at the start of this turn order, and then they'll be in the turn order at the end. Uh, but you didn't spot them, so they, they walk in and they kind of just see, and they start talking their language. And um, that's that's Islanti, by the way. I Dialect is spot on. It's really nice. Yeah, dude, I love the effort. I really worked on it. Yeah, man. And they're gonna. I mean, they assess the scene pretty quickly and make out that Mike is the greatest threat. So they're going to take two shots. Or one shot each at Titanium Mike. Adam, you're a piece of shit. Yes. I, <laughs> I won't full attack, though, because they moved. Uh, 20 is going to hit you, man. But because of the rules of the because, game. Yeah, yeah, because of the rules. Well, you know. Uh, yeah, so, so the first guy hits me. The first Aslanti coming up behind us from the east. Yes, like uh, they came from the direction that you were walking, um, and they come in, yeah, and he just fires a shot and gets you for four piercing damage, and then the second one is going to attack, and we're looking at a critical fail. Woo! Oh, thank you. Thank goodness. You you Um, had me go in that first half, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... So we don't have any critical effects yet. Uh, I think as we get listeners, I'd like to get them involved in that. Um, but as of now, it just goes wide. And that is their little surprise attack as two as Lanti soldiers join the fray. Okay, Mike, you can actually take your turn now if you'd like. That'd be great. Uh, Are you uh, uh, down into your HP, or is that just in no, your stamina? No, I have two stamina left. Ooh, okay. Oof. Not cool. Yeah. So, as a free action, I'm assuming that's how this works, I'd like to call out to the party. That is how free actions work? Yep. And this, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm learning. No, uh, it's, it's, but it's I, a fair but question. I, no, I call, I call out to the party and say, Hey, we got more Islanti bastards to the east. And uh, that you know, so get I, cover, I, Mike. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So my can I can I dip into these? I'm on the edge of a southern forest right. area. Can I? Yeah, dip you could into dip to that? about like right here, catch you a little cover from the trees. Yeah, I would very much like to do that. So I, I dive about ten or twelve feet into this forest to my south. Yeah, I'm going to give you regular cover, which is a nice plus four to your ACs. Nice. Plus four to my AC. Now, do I have the ability to shoot on these uh, monkey folk? Yeah, yeah. You don't have cover from them. So you got... 
so there is a breach like to the west. Yeah, see this this is the tree right here in front of you, like to the kind of top corner yeah, so of the square. To the east of the Islanti, I'm blocked, but to the to the west where the monkey folk are on Ziva, I'm not blocked. Nor are you blocked from the one that's on Z now. Okay, cool. So I would like to fire on I believe it's uh Monkey Man four. Yeah. Who has the daze effect on him? Who is south of Ziva, but is right in her grill? Okay. So maybe I can uh, take him down. Let's see, let's get that uh... with my reaction cannon. Four. Four is gonna oh. miss, my dude. Even with the plus one, five doesn't get it. Damn uh, it. I mean, they're just so small, and they're just kind of darting around, and you just can't get can't get a a train on him even the one that's dazed that isn't moving at all maybe you're just a bad shot I don't know I don't know why I, you're wrong. I am a boxer you <laughs> <was> so mean Zeno <laughs> uh, alright so I am going to use daze on it's two this is Hobgar number two that's correct fourteen Probably either way is going to make it, so we'll say not dazed. Okay. I can't do anything else, and right. that's the end of my turn. Okay. Um, Aaron, you're up. All right, so I peek out of the tr- from behind this tree, and mm-hmm. I look to my, you know, to my right, to the south, and see all these monkeys, but coming down the path, I do see the Islanti soldiers mm-hmm. rushing up, and so I'm going to, as a swift action, switch grips and stretch out a free hand and um, three as a full action I'm going to cast a spell and three little wisps of astral starlight energy come flying out of my hand and as they reach the soldiers they grow in size till they explode hitting all three of them and I'm going to cast shooting stars Uh, as a full action a little magic missile-ish right it's magic missile yeah Um, that is not on there correct though because it's a full action so it's three all right, we're looking at another two damage. So eight damage on. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna do two two missiles at, at the the northmost one and one at the southmost one. So we'll say six on soldier one. We'll call we'll call that soldier Bob. Okay, Bob. So six on Bob and two on Betty. 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 Bob Betty. and Betty. Look, I'd like to say, and I can't emphasize this enough. Fuck yes. <laughs> that was that was pretty great. Our, our, that was our first real like damage dealing spell, yeah? Yeah. Nice. So shooting stars, I love it. Just whoosh, like these comets fly across. I mean, you bloody Bob. Okay, yeah, absolutely. And then I just like move back behind the tree and be like, shit, because they're still alive, you know? All right. Hobgar on Zeno, that's two, is going to try a full attack with the bites. Come on. Here we go, here we go. At least uh, he's the one look- character who's not a real person. We're looking at... Whoa! Two, <laughs> <laughs> two misses uh, from the little monkey men on, on Zeno. And then we're going to have two yes. bites at Ziva. From the nine days one. Full attack. 
Oh, man. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. I think both of those are going to hit. 15 and a 14. Yeah. So you're looking at five damage total as it just... <laughs> and you feel this like little... You know, I mean, it's not actual electric damage, but you can sense the crackle of electricity as it just takes a huge chunk out of you. And then the dazed one gets to re-roll. Oh, no, it just breaks the daze. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. done. Um, Okay. So what does that put you into HP? Uh, three. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, okay, so, yeah, Ziva takes a pretty significant hit. All this, all the stamina gets knocked out, and you're down to three yeah. HP. Yeah. Oh, brother. This is not good, y'all. That mm-hmm. is bad. Bad, mm-hmm. bad, bad. Uh, so, yeah, you guys just see Ziva just getting ripped apart by, you know, she was fending it off, but finally it gets a chunk, like, into her arm. It just pulls some, pulls some of her outfit and flesh <laughs> <laughs> out uh, of her arm. And so we're going to move on to your turn. Ziva. Um, she's pretty pissed. Uh, as a free action, uh, can I use my limited telekinesis I think basically I want to talk to everybody in their minds and I'm having a moment forgetting what it's called um first off I'm going to try and attack with my survival knife so let's see how that goes let's see the monk the the hobgar on me that's like in my actual space uh okay. what is that number five five okay um Mm. No, no. <laughs> oh, brother. Mm-hmm. That's, okay. that's not going to do it. Um, well, I'm going to, but I, as a move action, I am going to use uh, that improvisation, get him again on the one that's on me. The one and, that's yeah, like I need you yeah. to play that out. What do you say yeah. to inspire the rest of your. <laughs> it's not going to be very inspiring, but she's like, you all kind of hear Ziva in your head. Like, get this little motherfucker off me! It's, <laughs> it's killing me literally. So that's what you all hear. So please help. Okay, Fell. Uh, Fell is going to respond to that with like, "Hey, right, I'm, I'm, I'm. Look, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can." And is going to do a full attack on that one okay. with the laser rifle. Oh, the laser rifle. So that's not the same one that she did before, correct? Right. It's this. It's the one that just attacked her. All right. So I don't have the combat tracking bonus on this. Oh, oh uh, my god! So bad. Yes. Well, six that, to one. That full attack, man. It's minus four. Yeah. Both, but still, no, a ten and a five rolls. with a hit. Still bad rolls. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just you. Just, you miss because you don't want to hit Ziva. Yeah. And you can't, and, and so you kind of. Too cautious, and it goes wide. Ziva, baby, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm doing the best I can with this. It's just why, why? <laughs> just they won't sit still. Uh, and it's the cadets' turns. Oh, brother, this Here is gonna be go. bad. This is gonna be bad. Uh. All right, so they can't. One of them's gonna try to still train on Mike, uh, but you got that cover. The other one's going to move up. 
about 30 feet closer to you. Bob is going to go first and shoot at Phil. Mm-hmm. So, a 10. That's probably going to miss. Yes. All right. And then, uh, then Betty's going to try to shoot Mike through the trees. She's <laughs> aiming, trying to find you. 14. That's not going to do it with because you have a plus four. I don't think that's going to get not, it. Not with a plus four, it doesn't do it. Nice. And so it's like, pew, like hits the bark right in front of you and you see like some bark kind of fly off the tree in front of you. Like, oh shit, as you pull your head back a little bit. Uh, and then it's your turn. Uh, yeah, so Titanium Mike is going to rush through this uh, clear patch to the west mm-hmm. and rush up to... Uh, Bardock, whatever they're called, monkey four. <laughs> uh, he's gonna rush up to him and smash him. Uh, he's gonna switch grips as a, a swift action. Put his, okay. put his gun in his left hand, just holding it upward, and he's gonna punch with his battle glove. Okay. Seventeen. Oh, you know it, dude. Nice. That's a big nasty I mean, hit. Yeah, man. Damage. Like, tell me why you want to do it. You, you. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he sees Ziva like getting fucked up, like and and yelling out to her her allies for aid and succor, and he uh, is in this weird little patch of jungle he jumped into to hide from the uh, Aslanti, but he can see through this gap, and he just immediately, on instinct, charges through the gap. Uh, towards the nearest threat to Jiva, and and Jiva, Jiva. I'm sorry, Jiva, Jiva. I just wanted it to be more Jiva. But he he runs through and he just hits this little little weird long arm blue haired monkey man right in the chest and just sends him flying ten feet. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right, so it just, <laughs> just lifeless, just wrecked it. Um, okay, Zeno, you're up. Uh, I'm going to continue trying to daze this little monkey man. Okay. And I looked up my uh, DC. It's supposed to be 15 rounded up, right? You should have had it dazed. From last round because okay. it did not roll enough. So right. save that days. Okay. Um, so you can take that spell slap back and you can do a different action. It's a cantrip. It's a cantrip. It's a cantrip. Okay. okay. Okay, if that's the case, I'm going to change my action to uh, leaning out from the rock outcropping and firing at the Aslanti. Okay. Which one? Bob or Betty? This is Bob. On the top. Bob. Oh, definitely Bob. Definitely Bob. So I don't like that name. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be a full attack action. Okay. Uh, that's a... Let's see, against kinetic? No, laser. So La- Okay, so it hits with the first attack for one damage. But, like, <laughs> one damage. <laughs> Garbo rolls. Better than none. Yeah, it's tough. Tough on the rolls, man. It's yeah, tough. yeah. Uh, okay, Oren. Oren's been doing all right. Yeah, I mean, and I'm gonna uh, continue the trend. I think uh, I see 
the failure to take these guys down, these Azalanti guys, and so I'm going to uh, full attack, Five. full action, shooting stars, one Mogin. And uh, let me roll another D4. Plus two. Plus one. One D4 plus one. Uh, so, and I'll, where are the missiles going? Uh, the two missiles are going to Betty, one missile's going to Bob. One missile's I, going to Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be the four. Okay. And then... <laughs> it's Bob. <sighs> and he, like, looks at you, and, like, he's definitely got you spotted now, and he's still standing. But six hits Betty, and you have her bloodied. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get behind my cover again. I mean, that's all I can really do. I just, like I said, I peek out, peek back. <laughs> right, back yeah, yeah, being tactical. Yeah, yeah uh, but... I'm feeling the pressure now. Yeah, it's kind of they're coming at you. Alright. One Hobgar is dazed. The other just, one is, yes. Sorry, just an update. I completely misread my stuff. I'm at nine hit points, so Okay. Better right. than three. Alright. Uh, I'll make short work of that. <laughs> cool. Uh, two bites coming at you. Let's see if we get a hit. Two bites? Uh, well, four attack. No, it was a full attack. Um, oh, okay, but both missed. Oh, thank God. <sighs> My, hey, I just want to say Mike came to your aid no matter what happened. My, Mike hears in his mind, Michael, thank you so much. <laughs> Michael, Michael, Michael. Uh, okay, Ziva. All right, Ziva is gonna try and slash uh, Abgar five one more time because survival knife. I just want to stab him real, real bad. Standard attack? Yes. Actually, yeah, no, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, no. Yes, no, no yes, yes, yes. 12. Get it. Uh, that's a laser one. pistol. Oh, that's a laser pistol. Is that what you want to do? Shite, no. <laughs> shite, shite. Your laser pistol goes off in your holster and shoots you in the foot. Oh, oh that's yeah. broke off. Like 20? Is that a critical? Yes, monkey. So so you critical on the survival knife against the monkey man. Yes. Yes. Damage yes. on your first roll. And then uh, uh, two on a second. We're talking about six damage. Tell me how you want to do it. Ziva. Ziva's got this blue haired monstrosity like just ruining her outfit and she is just like I will not have this and she takes her knife and just like shoot, right across the neck of this monkey and you just see the, the blue head fall off and oh, it just wow. flops and, and Michael Rupert and Gamasan's eyes go wide <laughs> <laughs> the full name and she just kind of looks over and she gives you a nod. And that's that. He takes 12 seconds and nods back. <laughs> and uh, that, yeah, that's it. Oh, uh, get him on, on uh, no, Bob. Get him on Bob. Get him on Bob. And so you turn around and you point to, to the male, you know, I'm so tired of this. Uh, Bell, you're up. Fell as a move action is going to change his combat tracking to the other Hobgar that is still alive and will take a shot at it. Laser rifle. So it's a 16 to hit. It's going to get it 
for one for a whole one damage. <laughs> Damn, man, that one oh. damage is strike garbage. So Fell aims, looks at him, is like, "Come on, you little bastard!" and like just squeezes off and nicks his shoulder. <laughs> um, okay, is that your turn? You want to move? No, you used your move action to do the yeah. combat tracking. Okay, and that doesn't do a plus one to damage; it's just to attack so roll. Just to the attack roll. All right, Bob is going to stand his ground and full attack on Oren. I do have some cover. You do. Um, My uh, kinetic AC is 14 naturally. uh, Yeah, so both bullets are going to miss from Bob. Ding, ding! Just like... You have to try harder than that, Bob! And Betty is going to fire at Ziva. Oh, fuck you, Betty. (laughs) Full attack. Here we go. Oh, both of them. Uh Uh-oh. Both of them crit? Why do you hate me, Adam? They both hit. We got an 18 and a 19, and they both do 7 damage each. You're looking at 14 piercing damage as you guys see Ziva go down. No! No! Shit! <laughs> she just takes these shots to the chest and just like, ah, 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 and just like collapses. And I'm just gonna die now. So thanks, Adam. Bye. Uh, yeah. Are you di- Are you dead? You have, there, there's there are ways that you yeah, like. Yeah. You there wasn't enough. Wasn't and- enough to do to to kill her. Gentlemen, I don't think you are understanding. There are large holes in my ensemble. I might as well be dead. <laughs> uh, so she is unconscious, though. Um, and while dying, you lose one resolve point each round at the end of your turn. If your hit points reach zero during your turn, such as from attack of opportunity, you do not lose the resolve until the end of your turn. This continues till either you die or stabilize. To stabilize, somebody can roll a DC 15 medicine check. Um, you can heal them. Or you can use resolve point. Uh, you can use one resolve point, or are you? Uh, it's really not one. It's a quarter of your maximum. So it'll be one in this in this case, I think. But um, to immediately stabilize. Okay. Cool. That sucks. <laughs> Damn. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Betty got the shots off on Ziva. We have our first unconscious character mm. of the campaign. Mike, what are you going to do about it? You just saw Ziva just okay. get okay. laid out in front of you. So Mike, uh, being a, a militaristic guy, sees his captain go down, and he immediately moves uh, up north a little bit uh, in front of Ziva next, next to Fell, and yeah. says, Fell, you Take care of her. I'm not a doctor. I got some killing to do, right? (laughs) (laughs) And and he moves. He moves to the east, to where uh, to his left is this monkey man. Take Uh, the last. Take a plus one inspiration bonus to to your roll on this one. Sweet. So he moves next to this monkey man. He's to his left, uh, near. uh, He was the the person threatening his best friend in the world, Xeno 5. Uh, but he's also intentionally placed himself in direct art between Bob, 
the Islanti soldier and Zima. Right, right. It, it was a tactical decision. Also, a I'm gonna kill you decision. All right. So he's going to attack with his power gauntlet, the last remaining uh, hop car. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, monkey cars. Hop car. Hop car. It's a hop car. <laughs> Not a regular Earth monkey, dude. This is a Starfinder monkey. No, it's way bigger. It's actually not way bigger. It's pretty pretty small. Uh, that's gonna hit again with the max damage. Eleven's gonna hit with max damage and obliterate it. Yeah, and I just punch right through it, right in the chest. He flies into the the stone outcropping Xeno 5 is hiding behind and says, you don't do this to my people. I'm a protector, right? (laughs) And and he fucking (laughs) stands his ground directly between Bob and his shot on Ziva. And now entering the ring is Mike the Monkey Murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Xeno. Zeno is going to get out of cover. He sees that uh, the pressure is on right now, and he can't have Mike doing his killing for him. So he's going to uh, look at Mike and say, you can't always be there to protect me. And just runs down over right here. And he's going to cast Overheat. Oh, is that ranged? Yes, it's a 15-foot cone. Oh, oh nice. Oh, man, tell me about overreach. So, uh, overheat yeah. draws the heat, okay? You collect the heat generated by nearby bodies and devices invented outward in a thermal wave, dealing 2d8 fire damage to creatures and objects nice. in the area. Very nice. nice. So, I'm going to draw the heat from their own and I suppose my own body uh, and uh, force it out at them. So that each, Bob and Betty both are going to make reflex saves. Right. But we said 15 is your... 15 is my save. Okay. It's my DC. It's a reflex save. Bob fails. Nice. Betty? Yes. Critically succeeds. Fuck you, Betty. Is dead. Yay. And Betty's like, ha and then the flame leaps from Bob's body onto hers. The half damage is enough to kill her. You kill Bob and Betty. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. yes. Uh, we're out of this combat. Holy crap. Alright, can I, I mean, I want to Run. Bell's like, already on it, buddy. Like sliding to Zeva. Okay. And 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 just like grab her up and just be like, come on, stay with me. And I'm gonna put my hand out and little astral energy starts like the the space-time fabric begins to like repair Zeva's wounds as I cast Mystic Cure on her. Ooh. Nice. While you're doing that, Fell is like in the process of reaching down to try and like start like stabilizing her. He's, he's in the process of trying to, to get her stabilized. And here comes Oren just like whoosh out, out from nowhere. <laughs> and, and just, just like charged, you know, yeah. charged up with magical energy. And he picks her up and like, you just see this like 
energy kind of flow into her, and you, <laughs> you get that's a good hit heal. Yeah, seven. that's a very good hit. HP. Awesome. awesome. And you didn't even have to spend a resolve at all. Like that it makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, that was huge. That was huge turn there. Uh, let me get you guys some XP. How about that? Yeah. Okay with that. Uh, I think we right. earned it. So, uh, how many Hobgars do we have? We have five, right? Five yeah. Hobgars, two Aslanti. So, two seventy total. Puts us at five ten. Okay. Um, <laughs> Angelic kind of sits up and he's rubbing his head and he says, "Well, some help you were, man. What did I, what did I miss? Everything. Eh, you know, and little this he little like, sits up and he like dusts himself off and he kind of looks over and he says, oh." The, those are the other two cadets that were chasing me. Look, uh, look, Jelly, we'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, yeah, that's, that sounds sounds kind of familiar to me. I think uh, I like that. We'll see. You. Uh, so he stands up and he's like, "Oh, I see you've met some of uh, the nuisances of Nakandas." These hobgars. What do you call these things? Hobgars is what is what they're called. I call they, them little assholes. Yeah, they were no kidding. <laughs> they were actually named after uh, one of the first colonists that was here. He went out and explore and discover the forest, and he found these things. And he made note of them in his journal. He called them something very scientific, but I, we don't know what it is, and we just took to calling them hobgars. Because, uh, well, they killed him, but well, <laughs> we figured it was a tribute to name him after it. So we named him Hobgars. Surely out of respect. Most, of course. I mean, we are scientists here, and I think he would have gotten a kick out of it. He knew what he was doing. Well, he huh. knew the dangers he was getting into anyway. I, I guess he didn't know what he was doing, but y'all seem to handle him. Quite well. You say that you're a scientist? Well, I'm a, I'm a colonist and I have my my duties, yes. What uh, what was your duties here? Uh, mostly engineering. I, I used to help my wife in the in the garage kind of keep mechanic, up with your ex wife, yes. Yes. She's much your your now. ex wife. Why yeah. <laughs> Yes, you could keep bringing that up. Uh, it's real. Your former spouse, yes. You keep, yes, yes. You are no longer together, I see. Uh, yeah, she's not here with me. But it must hurt. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Uh, uh, I say, we, let's just uh, you, let's just take you to meet her. I, I. I I don't yeah, think we'll see. encounter any more trouble along the way. And at this point, the sun's starting to set. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's really quite beautiful. Um, Blue and, and bodies. The, 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 there's two moons of Nakondas, and they kind mm. of come up. And so you get this kind of mirrored, rippling light that kind of cuts down into the fog and is then diffused through the fog. So it's almost mm. as the forest kind of glows a little bit. Um, it's it's really nice, and he's, as you approach, you he kind of slows you down. He says, "All right, we're come, we're getting close to the to Madeline's landing. Now, y'all need to be very quiet, as, and I'll sneak you in. We have a little loose panel in the back of the garage. Um, 
And then he kind of like parts the trees and you see, I'm going to put you on the map so you can Ooh. kind of get a layout. So it's like a bunch of um, shipping containers almost, you know, but they're, they're, these are domiciles and serve as the buildings for the colony. As you're making your way along the path to Madeline's Landing, we see Michael deepen his own thoughts. The scene fades away in a wash of bright light, and as our eyes adjust, we are taken back in time. The scene is a distant planet named Najin Koryazayas in the edges of Vescarium space. We zoom in through the atmosphere, and a domed colony comes into focus. We continue pushing through the glass wall and into the central lab of the research colony. It is here that we see a science facility filled with some of the brightest and creative minds of the Vescarium. Green and blue-scaled vesk and white smocks and jumpsuits study over various experiments, specimens, and projects. We bring in the focus to two such scientists, accompanied by a small vesk child, our very own Michael Agamasan. It is a bring-your-child-to-work day at the lab, as it is important to begin teaching the youth early so that the colony can prosper. Michael always loved these days. He wasn't the most studious of Vesk, but he loved learning how to put things together, especially the armor upgrades that his father was tasked with developing. The older male Vesk reaches down and picks Michael up and sets him on a stool and hands the child the welder. Michael's mother hisses disapprovingly through her teeth, but says nothing and just watches carefully. Father guides Michael's smaller claw tenderly as they make small welds on the knee pad on the table. Michael is filled with glee as the sparks fly, but no sooner had he made the weld than the fluorescent lights of the lab shut off and are replaced by rotating red lights and the sound of emergency alarms. The lab devolves into chaos as father scoops Michael up in one arm and grabs mother's hand. He determinedly leads them out of the lab and into the decompression chamber and starts quickly but calmly suiting up Michael in an Evo suit, while mother doing the same. After they suit up, father presses the airlock system and gauge button, and once the hatch opens outside, he leads them out. Above in the skies, green ships obscure the sun as dropships continue to land on the planet's surface. Emerald-clad soldiers pour out of the ships with rifles in hand, moving in organized striked teams to all major buildings of the colony. Father led his family into a dark alley out of sight and wound through the back alleys of their living quarters. He scopes the scene to make sure no soldiers are around, and thankfully they haven't made their way into the general residential district yet. He looks to mother and says, I knew this day would come. No one would listen. Are you ready? Mother, looking scared but in control. Yes, I am with you, my love. We are going to get out, right? We are going to try everything we can. Just stay quiet, calm, and follow my lead. I put some contingency plans into effect. Father then looks down at Michael and gets down on one knee. My boy... I know this is frightening, but we're going to get out of here, okay? I just need you to make as little noise as possible and stay close on my heels, all right? Father looks back at Mother and says, 
stay here. I'll be right back. Mother thinks about protesting, but father anticipates and says, I will be right back. I promise. And then dashes towards their house. He makes it inside and carefully closes the door behind him. Michael and his mother stand hidden in the shadows of an alley as they can hear the sounds of screams and gunfire all around them. They can see some of the shoulders marching the researchers in single file back onto a dropship. Then they see a few soldiers push some older vests to their knees in a line. Sobbing, an older female pleads for mercy. Why? Why are you? Why are you doing this? The green-clad soldiers respond in a language that is unrecognizable to Mother and Michael, and they do make out the word Aslanti right before a soldier executes all the kneeling scientists one by one. Then they clear out with the rest and start moving on to other buildings. Mother pulls Michael to her and shields his eyes and ears to the carnage, but not before Michael sees the life drain out of the older female's skull. Father emerges back out of the house with three duffel bags and a pistol. He sees the death on the streets a few blocks up and shakes his head. Fucking Aslanti. Come on, let's go. And again, they start running, weaving through back channels and alleys, avoiding main streets and hearing the sounds of invasion all around them. Finally, they reach a hatch that is behind what must be a hangar of some sort. Father spins the wheel and opens the hatch, revealing a ladder that goes down into some service tunnels below. Where are we going, Father? says young Michael. Hush, just come on, Father says gruffly, and then softer, gently. Please, Michael, just stay close and quiet. They run for what seems like miles through the dimly lit maintenance tunnels until it finally opens up to an underground garage of sorts. There is one large ship and a few hover trikes charging at various ports. Are we getting in the ship, Father? No. They would see us and shoot us down immediately. We're going on a trike, and we're going to trek as far away from here as possible and wait for them to leave. And then we will radio the Viscarium for help. I have rations and a communicator stashed on one of the bikes. And then at that moment, five Islanti soldiers emerge from the other side of the garage, previously obscured by the large ship in the middle of the floor. They again speak in a language that the family doesn't understand in harsh tones and they level their rifles directly at Michael's family father stops short and you see his hand move ever so slightly to his pistol but mother stops him and calls out we can't understand you please we do not want any violence please we are just scientists you see what looks to be the leader of the soldiers press some sort of button on his helmet and this time when he talks a translator uh, a translation comes out from a speaker built into the soldier's armor Stand down. You are being annexed by the Aslanti Star Empire. This colony and all of its scientists are now under Aslanti control. State your names and positions on the colony now. Father steps forward in front of Mother and Michael and says, My name is Rupert, and I am the lead scientist on armor and weapon design. Take me. Let my family go. The Aslantis look at Father and they discuss in their native tongue and then the leader turns back to Father and presses the translation button once again. What task and purpose does the woman serve for the colony? Father, visibly agitated, looks to Mother and nods. Mother steps forward and says, 
I am Rosalind, and I'm a botanist for the colony, specializing in life-renewing vegetation. Please, my boy, he's only eight. We will come peacefully. Just, just don't hurt the boy. The Aslanti captain steps back, takes his finger off the translator, and issues a command to uh, the other soldiers. The soldiers nod and then look back at the family of Vesk. They open fire on Mother, filling her full of bullets as her blood paints young Michael's face. Father bursts into a rage and tries to draw his pistol, but one of the soldiers fires a tase weapon at Father, rendering him incapacitated before he can even get his claws on the grip. Michael watches, covered in his mother's blood as they bind his father. Then they come over to him and bind his small wrist as well, laughing and chattering in that foreign tongue. Michael and his unconscious father are stowed in one of the hover bikes, and the soldiers drive them back to the surface, where the Aslanti have all but seized the colony. The Aslanti then take Michael off the trike and start to hand him off to another troop of soldiers. They mutter something to their comrades, and then the new Aslanti nod and roughly grab Mike by the shoulders, pulling him away from his unconscious father. As the boy screams, No! No! Father! Dad! Please! No! Michael doesn't even so see the blow come down from the Aslanti soldier as he strikes the helpless boy in the back of the head, knocking him unconscious. This was the last time Michael ever saw his father. Come back to Michael as he sees an upcoming small colony also under the control of Aslanti. And we'll see ya! I'll show you. Oh man, that was heavy. I hate these people. So bad. They're so bad. That was awful.